Welcome to season three, episode three of Cultural Osmosis. Uh, I'm with my John. Well, John, welcome back. Oh my God, Landon. Like, oh, hey there. I feel like we. I feel like we just talked. You know, I was just sitting down to start recording my podcast, and here I found myself in your podcast. Your, your, your good comedy podcast. Oh, you know that happens sometimes when when the radio waves get crossed but uh anyway yeah we must have hit record at the same time and entered in a pocket in a different universe speaking of universe, <laughs> speaking of transitions um Cereverse. the Cereverse. now john this was a concept <laughs> that you you posited you you, you brought up at, um do you want to elaborate what that is and then we can really dive into the into the theorem of this yes i'll do my best uh so the sarah verse references the michael sarah universe um that was kind of derived after long consideration about how michael sarah just might be um the greatest if not one of the greatest actors of our time uh and i have a feeling i know what a lot of arguments people are going to say is like oh no michael only plays the same character well you could say the same thing about dwayne johnson you could say the same thing about vin diesel uh so many other actors out there just play the same character over and over again michael does not he is a trained theater actor he is renowned in the canada space in the california space he's he's so much more than what we than the meek and mild boy from the early 2000s <laughs> made However, fame yes yes <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> made famous in super bad uh he quickly rose to the ranks of the early 2000s uh teen movie star i would Absolutely. say um and quickly became an icon of a, of a generation i would say um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my my other argument there is those films kind of gave him the criticism of playing the same character over and over again he's not this is his life story documented for our pleasure uh uh at no expense to us, only to him. Um, and and see, this theory is hard to to wrap your head around just because of how infinite Michael Sarah is. Um, I believe a lot of films at that time, like I said, document his real life. And I have five films that accentuate them uh, in a timeline. And those mm -hmm. films are year one, uh, Youth and Revolt, uh, uh, Juno, uh, 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 Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, finally, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And this theory's title is called Music, Virginity, and the Courage to Love Again. My 
God, you've cracked it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it you, you could win the Nobel for this. Um, <laughs> this is what theses are made of, I, I swear. Um, <laughs> yes, this, this, this theory uh, has some quite already probably establishes some questions like, John, how does year one the story about two characters from the the um, Mesopotamian era. I believe they're from the year one. The first year of the world. How yes. can this be the same Michael Sarah from Youth and Revolt and, and, <laughs> and Juno? Great question. I'm here to answer it. It's because Michael Sarah is eternal, okay. not necessarily immortal, but okay. I believe Michael Sarah has the ability to reincarnate and that will be solidified in another film on this list as well uh what 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 film is, is that is that john scott pilgrim versus the world okay <laughs> there you go. so so you you are positing uh that uh it it's chronicling his, his lifelong journey you're saying um, exactly exactly um his journey of finding love losing his virginity mm -hmm. and and finding the courage to love again yes mm -hmm. uh the 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 first item on that list being very prominent i would say and and <laughs> and the latter <laughs> that's, that that's i gotta say that's a fascinating theory um i in my research developed the theory that each spoke in the Cereverse wheel is him attempting to round out a different genre of film. Mm. Um, so obviously year one is a sort of satire or send up of the sword and sandal genre. Um, <clears throat> prominent in the, the, uh, the 50s, uh, 40s and 50s. Youth and Revolt then is a, is a send up of the classic 70s 80s teen comedy or coming of age comedy um oh that's very interesting very, yeah i very like that sexed up comedies uh prominent in that era moving on to juno then we see him rounding out the the dramedy the drama comedy prevalent in the late 80s 90s era um with obviously we then come to the modern sort of uh rom-com with nick and nora which was very relevant in the early 2000s and then finally ending up with scott pilgrim which is a comic book adaptation which as we mm. all know is incredibly popular in the 2010s era <laughs> not a book yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know i think that those observations only lends itself further into my theory that michael sarah can reincarnate um <laughs> and become Michael Sarah once again throughout the decades, <laughs> but go, continue. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I like your theory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're, you're positing that it is a chronicle of his life. Well, I am also saying that each film chronologically represents the dominant movie of the genre it was made in or representing. 
Well, right. Yeah. Because Michael Sarah, if he's been mm-hmm. alive since year one, he's seen all of these films in theaters the time mm-hmm. they came out. So this is a love letter. These are all love letters <laughs> to those films he grew up watching over and over again. <laughs> um, oh my God. <laughs> so we've okay. done it. Uh, I, I must say, we did find this, this list of Michael Sarah movies um, online, and the list did have the poster for year one, the Spanish poster, Año Uno. So I mm-hmm. did rewatch that version. In sp- now, how did the Spanish dub aid your experience watching year one? Well, you know, I, I'm sure I missed a lot because I'm a, a dingus and I somehow passed through four years of high school Spanish and did not retain any of it. So I apologize for that. <laughs> I missed things <laughs> just technically. But the delivery is good i love it a lot it was really nice but um yeah it really kept the the comedy going and i could tell where they were because i've seen the movie a thousand times and i just kind (laughs) of know what they're saying um yeah in terms of my theory though Mm -hmm. how it helps my theory i'm not too sure (laughs) in 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 all clarity and and uh and seriousness um these we this was the top five Michael Sarah movies ever made according to Google. That's how we chose this, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah. but a theory was developed to link each one because uh, a universe demands that all of these films be in the same the same canon, mm-hmm. and I believe we have done that successfully. <laughs> now, coincidentally, year one was also at your film festival john um it was the the festival of most influential films in your life do you want to perhaps explain why you you're such you're so fond of your one you saved it for last actually i saved it for last um and the reason behind that was because it was the night before my graduation and year one was intended to kind of help people help push people out of the door (laughs) like you don't have to stay for year one this is the (laughs) joke the joke movie that nobody technically really enjoys you can leave now (laughs) so i can go to bed (laughs) but in but in all reality i love i love this is a this is a kind of parody movie that no longer exists and i believe it's because memes have taken over Um, the place of these kinds of films year one in my eyes is a parody of 10,000 BC Mm -hmm. Um, which if you haven't seen it's it's just this crazy movie about this uh, Neanderthal guy who's trying to save his life yeah friends with a saber tooth Um, yeah just a wild movie yeah and he travels like through these geographical like landscapes within feet of each other so he like starts off in the mountains walks down a mountain and now he's in a tropical rainforest and, <laughs> and then he's all of a sudden in the desert and I, I think year one parodies that to to an extent where they jump time mm-hmm. um i think you're you're on to something the wi-fi wi-fi is getting bad 
Hello. 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 One second. One second. One second. Hold on. Where? Can you see me now? No. Oh no. Oh no. What just happened? What just happened? What just happened? How about now? Oh, you're back. You're back. Okay. Shit. Oh my <laughs> <Sorry> gosh. <about> <laughs> That was. We'll put the commercial break there. The FBI um, is trying to trying to keep us from the truth. Like they've they found out. They know about it. They know about the server. <laughs> I think you're you're on to something though. With spoof movies are such a time capsule of the early two thousands, and they do mm-hmm. not really. They don't make spoof movies really anymore. And your one is definitely a spoof of ten thousand BC, but it also has like an incredibly stacked cast <laughs> on top yeah. of that it's crazy oh my god yeah like paul paul <laughs> yeah, Rudd, got jack black, jack black mm-hmm. um olivia wilde june diane you know june, june. diane rafael i believe mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. um a lot more the guy who voices mo on the simpsons uh, mm-hmm. hank, hank azaria there we go <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh and a, a hundred more a hundred more for <laughs> sure but it, it's just it's crazy i li- I also like how you it's the closing time of movies just to get back to that really fast <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all i think cans should play it last now it's the closing time of movies play it use it to end every <laughs> every film festival should um, absolutely be used to it i'm surprised in reference to the Sarahverse, you never touched on how in almost every movie the the plot revolves around Michael Sarah being um, drawn to or trying to get the attractions of a strong-willed, independent female character. It seems like true. every Michael Sarah movie is, he is a nerdy guy, how is he going to get the tough female character to like him all of yeah yeah pretty much all except nick and nora maybe but um cat cat dennings just her her performance gives an gives off an air of of toughness mm -hmm. as well i suppose although it might be a bit more um um uh uh, self-conscious that she might be used for her father's money uh but yeah michael sarah's into the strong ladies he he's in in year one he's after he he's trying to save this this gal and from her his tribe that's much more capable than he is (laughs) and they save each other from being sacrificed by losing each other's virginity Mm -hmm. you know you can only sacrifice a virgin to get the rain (laughs) that's true Um, youth and revolt it's um the she's french boarding school girl she's very into french films she's very independent and uh wants to rebel from her parents and such of, of yeah. that of that ilk juno a obviously for the manic yeah. pixie dream girl that's a that's critical film theory right there so um, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah for mm-hmm. sure um 
man, I've got so many things that connect to these series and these movies. <laughs> just in just in tiny plot points and mm-hmm. and actors and characters that show up. Mm-hmm. Um, like in in uh, Youth and Revolt, the second film on the list. Mm-hmm. There's a question to be asked. Firstly, John, both of these movies focus on Michael Sarah's character losing his virginity. How can this be in the same timeline? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's true, John. <laughs> <laughs> We've established in year one that he's able to jump through time, like just in like the biblical timeline. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, year one isn't the same time period as when Sodom and Gomorrah gets destroyed and year one ends in Sodom and Gomorrah. So he's mm-hmm. able to jump time in year one. So he's also capable of reincarnating, becoming a virgin once again in youth and revolt and, and losing his virginity again. Um, but in youth and revolt, he meets his girlfriend's brother. Um, I don't remember his name. Justin Long. Paul. Justin Long. Uh, he... Justin Long's kind of like the stoner guy. He's mm-hmm. he without even meeting Michael, he's like, "Hey, Michael, come over here. I heard about you in the news because he like burned down a, mm-hmm. a gas station to um, get my sister's attention." And Michael's like, "How did you know that was me?" And and it's like, I'm, John, I'm and Paul, I knew you from another life. Go back to your one. Who burns down their village? Jack Black, Genie is Jack Black in another life. (laughs) Now, I'm actually, I'm surprised you didn't go with the uh, doppelganger theory. I I instead posit the idea, what if year one Michael Sarah is a young, not yet developed Francois Dillinger who who loses Mm. his virginity and then goes on through time to inform the new Michael Sarah, possibly multiverse situation, on how he himself now can can lose the virginity. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, he's all he. Yeah, Youth and Revolt definitely establishes he's also able to be two change, people. be two people. No, not even two. He dresses up as um, mm-hmm. Chini's board boarding school friend. Carlotta. Carlotta. He's able to change his identity in that sense as well. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm saying is the layers. (laughs) The layers. Yeah. So there's also kind of like a geographical map of like where where he is in one film and then where he moves into the next. So obviously year one starts in the fertile crescent of the world. Mm -hmm. Um but he then starts in Oakland, California in Youth and Revolt. Mm-hmm. After that film, you know, it didn't work out with Shaney. He's moving on. He's going to Minnesota to be with Juno. Mm-hmm. Now, in Youth and Revolt, Michael Sarah has a friend, VJ, who also moves to, uh, <laughs> to Minnesota. And joins the track team with Michael, and they have a brief conversation about trying to grow mustaches. 
I just thought that's, you know, that's too good to be true. That's also crazy. <laughs> also in Youth and Revolt, the the dickhead ex-boyfriend of Sheeny, what's his name? Um, Brent. Trent, yes. Trent. He is seen once again in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, where he's finally become true to himself. He's realized, oh my god, I'm I'm gay. I need to go find myself in New York. And he goes and and he revisits and he 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 meets up with Michael once again and and realizes that he was a dick to Michael in Youth and Revolt and helps okay. helps Michael get the girl. Um, I'm not hearing a lot of connective tissue as of yet to Scott Pilgrim. Um, so I will need some convincing on that front. Sure. But so far, yes. the, the evidence is uncanny linking the first four films in the Sarahverse. We, we've, sure. we've got, There's, we've got yeah. the groundwork. So a little bit of the connective tissue with Scott Pilgrim is once he moves to, from California, he goes to Minnesota into the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Then in Nick and Nora, he moves to New York after he and he and uh, Juno uh, kind of like split split ways. They've grown up. They don't need each other anymore. He goes to New York, meets Nora, and after Nora, he he's just a hop and skip away from Toronto, Canada. Mm -hmm where mm -hmm. scott pilgrim is set so he just it, hops on up there it's pretty far north um to to live out his his college days his his 22s um and i think the main thing in scott and scott pilgrim versus the world that connects all of this together with my theory is that we see visually that michael sarah is capable of dying and coming back to life that's where the lore is. That's where the lore is created. Um, exactly. The, the, yep. the questions are answered. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. And you, and you see throughout all of these that he's he's meeting these these potential significant others, and in the background, they just don't end up working. And and Ramona, of all people, seems to be the one that sticks for Michael. And and Ramona's the one who then ships him away through that portal door to live happily ever after in the in the great beyond in the afterlife in the great beyond. yeah <laughs> he's he's finally <laughs> he's satisfied with life and he moves on to the afterlife <laughs> exactly yeah the afterlife or hell with this is the end where he's uh coked out and obviously <laughs> uh, burn out but uh that that's a theory for another time oh yeah oh yeah that, that this is this is a fascinating theory and i want i want a t-shirt that's like this the the connect all the films connect connected <laughs> i'm honestly amazed that i even was able to remember all of the those points that i had written down i was so much just like <laughs> oh we didn't touch on the music part we've talked about his virginity I, we've I, I do want to talk about that there's a huge through line of of showing us that Michael Sarah is a musician and and is very into music and specifically the bass 
but um, <laughs> yeah. he's very through all of his timelines. He's a bass player, but uh, obviously, uh, what 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 were your thoughts on on that part of the theory? Well, it's just kind of a story of progression, right? So year one, he's not musical at all, but he's just a wee babe. He's a wee babe, Michael, just trying to like discover himself. In in Youth and Revolt, he's still not quite there, but he's into vinyl now. He's mm-hmm. listening to music. He's he's getting an education into music and and really like finding the artists that he loves. When we get to Juno he's finally picked up a guitar he's still a little plucky he's learning how to play mm-hmm. and he plays a few songs with juno but he's not quite there yet when we get to nick and nora he's finally joined the jerk offs uh the the band in new york that he's part of um and he's 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 learning he's he's getting pretty good at music and all mm-hmm. that but but the jerk offs just isn't the band for him and when he finally gets to scott pilgrim He's in Sex Babam. And then mm-hmm. he's a full musician by that Full point. musician. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it still works. The fact that there's this, it could be laid out so so clearly. It's like the Pixar theory. You ever, <laughs> if, if you're not familiar with the Pixar theory, it's every Pixar film is in the same universe, a la mm. the same reason the same logic of the the Cereverse. <laughs> yeah but uh, that one's a bit wilder because obviously it's like everyone at some point everyone dies and is turned into cars and then oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> because they have to they have to make uh, it's like the witch from brave turns everybody into animals and then it it, it, it gets a little far-fetched the Sarahverse, on the other hand, I find is increasingly believable. <laughs> I tell uh, you what, I, when I first went into this, I had no idea that it would become so fully fleshed. And I'm honestly just impressed with Michael Sarah's cinema cinematic career more than me mm-hmm. being able to like connect to that tissue. <laughs> That's this is true. amazing. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was there for you, uh, really, it, it, it's impressive. It, it, it's mm-hmm. it's very impressive. Uh, speaking on Michael Sarah as a whole, is is he a good actor? Uh, are you are you convinced after these films, or do you think he's more a victim of of typecasting? Um, it, obviously, an argument could be made either way. I think it's like Nick Cage. Maybe not as much. Nick Cage is a bit more versatile in his performances, but people right. like to like to joke. I'd say that Michael Sarah is very much a good actor, but his most popular films that the the general masses will watch are the ones that kind of typecast him into one um, one kind of character. Some honorable mentions. Um, that we didn't touch on uh he does a lot of shorts or at least he did there's one um gregory go boom failure brazzerville teenager uh and man rots from the head all of these short films you can find like they're on um the criterion channel some of them Mm -hmm. you can find them on youtube as well um the lego batman movie he plays robin very very good 
it's it's not exactly the the, the same character he always plays um yeah think, and he's mm-hmm. all, even even just his like his cameos from twin peaks uh uh season three there's a scene of him just on a motorcycle look up this scene if you haven't seen it it's a master class of of how to be so monotone and so dry and yet so funny at the same time um and i think a, a lot of that is from his experience as a theater actor he does he focuses a lot more on theater these days so yeah mm-hmm. He was in uh, Lobby Hero with Chris Evans on Ooh. Broadway. A, uh, I, I don't recall the plot. It is a, a dramedy about police, but he does play a police officer, at least right. in, in that. But yeah, he is focusing more on stage work, it seems. Um, I want to... What would you say is the single best and worst film of the Sarahverse. Because now that we've laid it out there, what do, what do you think is the, the ups and the downs of, of one going through the Sarahverse? Well, I think it, it goes without saying that year one is the worst film of the Sarahverse. How dare you? <laughs> watch watch Anya Uno as well and compare maybe, but <laughs> it's... It's just not good, you guys. Uh, uh, what are you? It has its about? moments. <laughs> it has its moments. Jack Black is a treasure, and so is Michael. Uh, honestly, they're the comedy duo we need, but we just we just don't deserve them. <laughs> we um, need them back in a in a different film. I think uh, same yes. same comedy duo and dynamic, but you know, different film. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, the the runner-up for second worst would probably na- be Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very succinct film, I will say. It, it It's just the span of one night, and it's a very clear direction, and I think they pulled it off pretty well, but in the end, it gets kind of... I don't know. It's pretty forgettable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the chemistry between between michael and cat dennings is not amazing in my opinion right um yeah for best films i'd have to say it's it's between youth and revolt and scott pilgrim i'm going to lean on scott pilgrim just because it's because of the it's the, scott pilgrim man <laughs> it's edgar it's Wright. Scott pilgrim you know? <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like people still the stars alive <laughs> That movie is a is a, a modern day masterpiece on how to do um, fast paced humor, stylized action. Just literally, yeah, the stars aligned on that one, and it people mm-hmm. still talk about it, and people are talking about it now more than ever with the re release of the soundtrack right out. So yeah. it's still topical to this day. Re releasing the soundtrack it was something crazy like it put brie larson on the on the pop charts for the first time in like 13 Absolutely. 13 years it's just it's crazy i remember getting that soundtrack when it first came out and being like i love the the artist metric that wrote that song for brie. metrics metrics good yeah uh but i was so upset that there was no oh yes in the beginning of the song like I, mm-hmm. that's 
that song in the film pumps you up so hard and it's it, so it, it good do so well yeah i i remember it, it being furious because like the oh yeahs make the song also i just right. think brie larson's voice works better for that song it's just i agree you you but it wasn't on the soundtrack it was the metric version or mm-hmm. at least and it, it's uh yeah the the beck versions of the other soundtrack songs are good as well but um i like his ramona for sure yeah his ramona is really good Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh mm. if if scott pilgrim wasn't just a towering like master of cinema youth and revolt is just kind of like my kind of humor i am kind of the in college at least i was i was kind of that pretentious guy who loved french cinema and i love just laughing at myself when they're doing these (laughs) doing these cracks at the pretentious folk who just love french culture and stuff and Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think there's a lot of clever humor that gets uh just brushed past in that film that is so interesting i think controversial opinion youth and revolt is tied for tied for the worst i would say I, I really okay i thought it misfired on a couple uh things <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> yeah i i feel like it was they they had this idea for francois dillinger and it was just like this mm. masterpiece of an idea but they didn't know what to encapsulate it with and and it just it just kind of misfired and it's like this really cool idea in the center of a very uh eh movie i i did (laughs) (laughs) i i did i did chuckle at the at the french culture obsessed thing absolutely (laughs) such a that's such a a a character type Mm -hmm. um like Justin Long's character shows up like two thirds of the way through, and he's in two scenes, and he's just like, <laughs> "Hey, I'm just, hey, I'm Justin Long. By the way, I was here the whole time." Uh, That's very fair. Yeah, gonna, the first I'm, introduction I think is just him in a photo. Yeah, <laughs> and then we wait till the very end to introduce his Which actual I, character. I feel like it was a pickup. It was a pickup shot or something. Just yeah, like he yeah. just didn't show up. Um, but yeah, so Youth and Revolt wasn't my favorite um fair enough <laughs> and then i agree with everything you said about nick and nora being very uh it was it was fine yeah <laughs> and yeah and i guess it's the old th- saying of um the worst reaction is no reaction at all and that's that's kind of nick and nora it's, i guess yeah so there, <laughs> there, there you go <laughs> um, it was kind of a trip to see like all of the cool artists uh that they had on like stuck mm-hmm. to their high school walls and stuff and it's so funny to watch like arcade fire does rule but it's so <laughs> it so dates the the film like instantly <laughs> oh my god arcade fire <laughs> uh what a what a throwback though yeah. uh, that one is not as much as of a throwback as year one which i think is a contender for the greatest <laughs> movie ever made but really? <laughs> no i'm just kidding bless you, bless you. <laughs> i remember watching it there's an ant on my keyboard 
Where the fuck? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember... I remember, like, my dad renting it when it first came out, and I was, like, in high school or middle school or whatever, and, it, and we all just kind of sat around in the family living room, and we all kind of just watched year one, and we were like... <laughs> kind of an interesting experience isn't it <laughs> uh theatrical or unrated uh from like blockbuster okay but like uh, did uh, you watch the theatrical cut or the unrated cut john i said from blockbuster so like just drop it <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was i think it was unrated um my, my i brought family. that film to a sorry go ahead I was, my family's always the type to get the unrated cut, so it default I think would always be unrated. But uh, what what you enough. bring it? What you bring it to? Yeah, I brought that film. I I used to go to these uh, church lockdowns uh-huh. where the the youth group would would have these sleepovers in church, and I brought the unrated version of Year One to these, <laughs> this lockdown <laughs> and watched just Jack Black and Michael Sarah going around and like messing around in Sodom while all these Christian kids were playing games and shit. It was a good time. <laughs> I, I only got a, a soft scolding from my parents. It was worth every second of it. Worth every. Oh second. yeah. Um, <laughs> we haven't talked a lot about Juno, but I guess that's because it's such a well-known film. I would say, um, right. Writ- written by University of Iowa alum uh, Diablo hey. Diablo Cody, but <laughs> that's my one fun fact for that for that movie. You know that movie is. It was so fun revisiting that one. Um, I did not remember how creepy Jason Bateman was, and I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm never ready for a creepy Jason Bateman. But yeah, it's, it's um, a it's a little creepy, uh, like like Riddick, but um, <laughs> but it's it's okay. But it's part of his character. He's a bad guy. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I guess in this conversation we can't say too much because that's when Michael is still is, is just in the background training mm-hmm. that's another thing that's another thing throughout these entire movies he's developing his physical prowess so that when one when we get to scott pilgrim versus the world it's no question that he's a badass and can beat these guys up he's that's been training true. all his life <laughs> he's been joining the track team he went in, he went to juvie and got in fights and and got arrested he's <laughs> he's he's done all of these things in the previous films, so now when he's Scott Pilgrim, he's he's just a seasoned champion. It works. Physically it and works. sexually. <laughs> I, I like this. I like this fan theory of of in the in the background of each of these films, he's just preparing for the fight of his life, <laughs> just vigorously doing training montages while while this hardcore drama is happening in in the foreground. Um, yeah. <laughs> It starts with him hiking in uh, Youth and Revolt, and then he's doing a little jogging mm-hmm. in, in Juno. Um, Nick and Nora. Not you, Nick and Nora. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, you're going to have to explain that one a little bit, John. He's not training too much in uh, yeah. Nick and Nora, but <laughs> it's kind of... it's... <laughs> he runs around the city a lot to find a missing girl, I guess. <laughs> it's training. He's training. 
And then uh, finally, Scott Pilgrim. Process. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, you know, just where every time it cuts away from him, he goes to a boxing ring. <laughs> He's just... He does 10 push-ups uh, whenever it's not a scene. He's <laughs> like, oh, Nora, I, Nora, I got to do some sit-ups. I got I to gotta train. I got to train for my fight. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I, no, Juno kind of mm-hmm. slipped through the conversation because he's he's very rarely in the film. It's not his movie. He's, <laughs> really. he's very much a background <laughs> character in in that movie. Mm-hmm. A thought occurred to me while rewatching these movies. It's the trope of the like super nervous, jittery like nerd archetype mm. and it it's the question of always getting cast over and over again as that character is michael sarah jesse eisenberg or is oh. there because the exact same problem for him in terms of typecasting and the right. roles the roles he takes could an argument be made for the jesse eisenberg verse or is jesse eisenberg capitalizing on michael sarah's career because jesse eisenberg is very much a 2010s thing perhaps michael sarah laid the groundwork for for the the nervous jittery character that jesse eisenberg pick up picked up the torch that's interesting i you know from from my watch throughs i find michael to be much more awkward charming and Jesse to be to really lean further into the jittery awkward Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael just kind of has like this air to him of silent confidence underneath (laughs) the awkward I don't know how to explain it I I know exactly what you mean yeah I know exactly what you mean like um it's I think it's the little jabs at like Zach Galifianakis in Youth and Revolt, like Jesse Eisenberg wouldn't do that. Like it's mm-hmm. like uh, I'm an awkward guy, but also I know what I'm doing, you know. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. There There's the, the same distinction. Can be said about Daniel Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood. Are they the same? Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> they, they get <laughs> they get confused a lot overseas. Yeah. Um, it's uh it just no no answers only questions that's all i'm saying <laughs> so is there any particular research or, or points that you want to uh bring up or we have neglected to mention thus far you know i think i've covered it his his physical prowess his sexual drive his musical abilities and just his overall badassdom connects all of these films together and it's life. I guess my last thing I would say, I am a bit biased in these opinions because Michael Sarah was the reason probably why I didn't get into, I think it's Hamilton University in upstate New York. <laughs> I, I traveled there my, my, one of the summers in my high school, late high school, eight days, to visit the university and I had this like interview and they asked of all the people dead or alive that you could have one night to have dinner with who would it be and in the interview I said Michael Sarah 
because he seemed like a nice guy. <laughs> so, Michael, if you're out there, if you're listening to this, I'd love to have dinner. You owe me a degree. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that should have got you automatic enrollment. Like, my God. <laughs> you know, n- n- but, no, yeah. I mean, like, Abraham Lincoln and, and you know, all of these great Tony Morrison, and they seem so mm-hmm. obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's know? true. It's true. Michael Sarah, you, you really have to pitch that one. And if you pull it off, I mean, no one can question you. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I hadn't developed the Sarah verse yet. So they, he just didn't understand. If you, if you would have just told them everything you've told me in the bag, in the bag right away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, no, no shade at all. He's, he's, I feel bad for him, honestly. I feel like he he burned so brightly in the early 2000s and hasn't really done much lately, you know? That's true. I feel like it's it's another actor wrestling with typecasting or or mm. maybe he maybe he's happier doing stage work. Um who who is to say, but you know, no shade at all. Yeah, I I mean, I have a feeling that he probably does love the smaller audience experience a bit more. Um, he does seem like that kind of guy that just kind of doesn't care much for the mass fame that mm-hmm. film and television can provide. And I respect that. Yeah. To, to Michael, to Michael, sir. Hmm. I love the video of the, of the, of the guy who just caught him on the street in Toronto. I don't Have you seen it? He's just like, nice coat michael he's like thanks <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen that one yeah he's just he's how just, does that connect to the service i wonder uh, it's it's uh it's must it's his first day in toronto after leaving new york <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense <laughs> he's, he's just wearing this huge arctic coat and he's just standing waiting for a cab and he's freezing he's like nice coat michael <laughs> thanks thanks <laughs> <laughs>